0: On today's episode, our guest is Desiree Dickerson, CEO and co-founder of Thunder Games. Thunder Games is a free mobile gaming app whose mission is to accelerate mainstream adoption of Bitcoin, one mobile gamer at a time. Just by playing one of Thunder Games offerings, gamers get rewarded with Satoshis, the smallest unit available on Bitcoin. We talk about Thunder Games, mobile gaming, and Desiree's journey as a Bitcoin advocate and CEO. Let's jump in. All right. So we're so delighted here to have Desiree Dickerson here. She's the CEO and co-founder of Thunder Games. Uh, Desiree, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited to get a chance to chat with you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Desiree, my first encounter with you was you put up a a picture on Twitter uh, and you were kind of taking a picture with like a statue of of Bitcoin man. And it was cool. You know, It was like a gold Bitcoin bust and it, it was in Budapest. And everyone, like all your followers, like where is this? Where is this? And I was so impressed because there must have been like twenty, thirty people asking you where is this? Where is this? And you kept replying, Budapest, Budapest, Budapest. I was like, are the people not reading the feed? But what I was impressed was was the engagement. Like you were engaging every single person that was asking you.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's super funny. Yeah, this, so that's a a statue of um, or you know a statue dedicated to Satoshi Nakamoto. The Creator of Bitcoin, or you know, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, is anonymous. Um, has been anonymous. Still remains anonymous. Whether it's one person or a group of people, and so there's absolutely beautiful statue in, in Budapest dedicated to Satoshi Nakamoto, and I went there like sometime this fall, I totally forgot about the the photos. Um, and so I posted it on kind of like Bitcoin's birthday. And I, yeah, people like went insane over that photo. I'm not really sure why, like, I remember posting it and being like, Oh, I wish I had something like, really prophetic to say, or, you know, anything besides like, happy birthday, Bitcoin, I think is what I said. But I was like, so busy. I was like, I just gonna do this. But it was so funny, because then like, people kept asking. And then I would, would just reply and then I mean, it was ins- it was I was just shocked. I was like, really people are not reading the thread. And usually like I engage with everybody, like even my trolls with like at least a gif or something. But it was so ridiculous. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep replying. And then it kind of became a meme in of itself. People were like dying, like messaging me, being like, <laughs> I just keep saying Budapest over and over. And I was like, hey, whatever, it worked. And you know people who are nice about it, but it was just like really ridiculous. So, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, I post a lot of kind of ridiculous things. So, I was like, Oh god, what what, what is the tweet that you actually you, like my first tweet? You actually solved mine, so I'm glad it was that one and not some of the other memes that I post. But that was definitely, um, an interesting, an interesting thread to say the least,
0: yeah. And, and I couldn't help but reply, uh, to your picture. I actually asked, Where is this? and then it was like, JK, you no. Know. <laughs> Just joking. Like I, we got it. You've answered it like a hundred times. So that was kind of the 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 beginning. And I was like, so who know who's Desiree Dickerson? And and I saw that you know you you, you were the this like I stated the CEO and, and founder of Thunder Games and kind of got into that. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, someone heavy in the Bitcoin space. You've been involved with uh, the Lightning Network for a while. And I was like, yeah, let's see if she responds and come on the podcast. So for those listeners, right, um, that are wondering. What is Thunder Games and what does it have to do with Bitcoin right now? What kind of what's happening right now uh, with Thunder Games? What is it that we're talking about and, and what is your role in there?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to step back a little bit, you know, I I have been kind of in the Bitcoin space for a while and uh, working in Bitcoin full time for about four years. And for a while, I was at a company called Lightning Labs, where we worked on the Lightning Network, which is a second layer protocol for making Bitcoin cheaper, faster, and easier to use. And it's not like necessarily the perfect analogy, but it's kind of like the Visa network for Bitcoin. So you'll hear a lot of people talk about, okay, you know, Bitcoin's really slow. Um, There's 10 minute transaction times. The fees are high. Um, Well, the Lightning Network really was invented to solve those scalability problems. And so um, with the advent of the Lightning Network, all these new use cases opened up. And when I was at Lightning Labs, I was VP of business operations. And so kind of really oversaw, you know, really everything on the business side of the company. And um, one of the really amazing roles that I I had was in terms of like business development and partnerships and really seeing what people were working on. And, um, you know, one of the use cases that interested me the most somewhat for a selfish reason, was gaming. And, you know, I have always loved gaming, grew up gaming. But I also, you know, thought about, in my role, I thought a lot about, okay, how do we bring Bitcoin To the world, you know, how do we reach mass adoption? What is the easiest way for people, the easiest, safest, and even funnest way for people to learn about Bitcoin, get their first Bitcoin, and come to Bitcoin and become Bitcoiners? And so I, you know, for years now have been interested in. Gaming as a really wonderful use case for Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. And, you know, I've been involved with some projects, very active in this like very little kind of fledgling community of folks building games on Bitcoin or, you know, with the Lightning um, Network. And so um, I decided to go full time because I believed it so much. And, you know, Jack Everett, um, my co founder, he actually started. Thunder Games um, a while ago as a side project and, you know, he was getting all this traction. People were really getting it. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. You know, I can just go to the app store. I can download an app like I do for anything on my phone and I just start playing and I win Bitcoin. Like I win a Satoshi, which if folks aren't familiar, Satoshi is 100 millionth of a Bitcoin. So it's a smaller denomination of Bitcoin. And we call that, um, we abbreviate that as SAT. So um, people win, you know, a few SATs in our games and they become Bitcoiners. So, um, you know, when Jack was um, working on this, it was just really incredible because, you know, people were becoming Bitcoiners by playing mobile games. And, you know, I was Actually, never into mobile games. And I had taken some time off. And, you know, when I was kind of thinking about my next role, it was like, what is the easiest way to make sure everyone has exposure to Bitcoin and this kind of global economy that Bitcoin opens up? And mobile gaming was just so obvious to me when I looked at the numbers. You know, mobile gaming is, you know, almost. 60% of the entire gaming market that's larger than console and desktop gaming combined, which is incredibly powerful. And that number is only growing and, you know, more and more people have smartphones in their hands and that's much more frequent than, you know, a, you know, a gaming computer or, you know, a, I can't even get my hands on a PS5, right? So I was like, okay, this is just like a perfect moment um, to like kind of capture. So um, that's like what we're really working at is, you know, our mission statement is gamifying the world through Bitcoin. Um, and we're doing that through building um, building mobile games that empower players by letting them earn and win Bitcoin um, instead of other in-game currencies. So, um, you know, that's how I kind of came to this. And that's, you know, really why I think what we're doing is really important because, you know, we can reach, you know, we do have some constraints with obviously having to operate within um, the confines of the App Store and Google Play. And, you know, we could easily go, um, you know, totally browser-based, but, you know, for us like. And especially for me is like, I really, really care about accessibility. And I think the familiarity, the safety and the ease of accessing something like this in the app store that people who have never no idea anything about Bitcoin, like being in those um, in the app store and Google Play Store is like absolutely key. So, you know, that's, you know, I think mobile is like really interesting as an interesting industry itself. I and mean, we saw um, Zynga get bought up recently for like $12.9 billion. So uh, it's definitely growing. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot going on with NFTs and blockchain gaming, but, um, you know, I, I really think. Bitcoin um, is like a very simple um, and sophisticated solution to um, an in game currency problem. And so I think like we're really kind of trying to like hit this like very, very specific sweet spot when it comes to like accessibility to reinventing the way people you kind know, of interact and earn from games. Um, so yeah, I'll stop rambling, but that's just kind of a, a quick
0: overview. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I didn't know that mobile gaming, in-app games had that kind of market. You know, you've you noted about 60% of all gaming. It's kind of shocking. You know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when I think of a, a mobile uh, in-app game, I think of Candy Crush. And when I first heard you know, Candy Crush, you know what it is. But then when I found out, you know, what people were spending on the app, you know, to get to that next level or whatever... My mind was blown. I was like, you're, you're paying, how you know, so people get really into their games. But what you're doing here is you're getting people into the games while you're kind of also earning Bitcoin. Right. So, I mean, you're seeing an opportunity there where people are not just, you know, jumping into the gaming and, and kind of maybe paying into it, but you're being rewarded for it as well.
1: Yeah. You know, all of our games are free to play. There are in-app purchases Um, You know, I play all of our games and like with Thunder Bay, I refuse to like pay for anything because I just like the challenge. Like you can win all of the levels without having to pay for, you know, um, power ups or anything like that. So um, I do love that about our games. I will say like um, Turbo 84, I have spent quite a bit of money on because I suck at it. But, um, you know, I think it's, like, there's really interesting components too. like, one thing that we, our community is insane. Like, let me just say, I, I love our community. People love our games. We have amazing Telegram groups. Our Twitter community is just, like, so amazing. I I call them my Thunder fam. But, um, you know, one thing that we like to do with them and, like, they like to do is, um, you know, we have, like, these casual esports tournaments. And it's, and it's not like, okay, someone's winning a million dollars. But, like, you know, people are winning, you know, like, a A thousand satoshis like five satoshis you know a range of whatever however much the tournament is in and i think it's really interesting that like you know i mean people can play and um you know they can pay to like get power-ups and like you know compete and get better or whatever they're putting some investment of time and sometimes money in but like there is the opportunity to win and um you know actually earn a lot more by just playing the game, um, even if you're putting money into it. So I think that's something that's really interesting. And, you know, also, if you think about it, like, especially with Bitcoin's down right now, right? But, um, you know, I think if you're a Bitcoiner, you kind of have this innate belief that, you know, Bitcoin will one, like be a global monetary currency, which I mean, Maybe not everybody buys into that, but like we can all agree that, like, there's a pretty good chance that, like, you know, Bitcoin's going to continue to be more valuable over time, regardless of like price fluctuations like we're seeing now. So, you know, if you're winning a thousand Satoshis in a game, you know, now that's going to be worth significantly more in two years, you know, and I think at some point, it's going to become like almost laughable. I mean, if if folks aren't familiar, there's I can't remember what it's called, I can look it up. But like, I think it was like 2011 or something, someone bought a pizza with Bitcoin now. And I think there's a website you can go to where it tells you how much that pizza is worth now in US dollars, which is kind of ridiculous. So um I, there's like a lot of like interesting, like, you know, thought models that you can start thinking about in terms of like gamification because um, you know of the appreciation of Bitcoin as an asset
0: Why Bitcoin and I, and I asked that in the context of you your background was in in science correct um, you know generally speaking so you were kind of going in that career track and then I don't know if, if it's safe to say but you know your outlook or maybe your life was changed a little bit by, by Bitcoin, right? By discovering it, maybe discovering the community behind it. Could you talk to me about that that change? Like what has that Bitcoin community or or you know, blockchain, the currency, how's that changed your outlook, your professional outlook as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I was definitely very much into like the hardcore sciences. Um, and, and you know, that was really my academic background in the sciences, but I guess it was like also like an interesting time. I mean, I, I will, you know, I think I've said it on, you know, so many podcasts and interviews and whatnot. My intro into Bitcoin was actually through Dogecoin. Funny enough, when I was in grad school, just because I was on Reddit all the time and stumbled on our Dogecoin and thought it was hilarious and fun and cute. And I and I did love the community. I didn't have a ton of friends in grad school. And I was like, okay, this is a fun place to spend my time and procrastinate from doing my work. And I kind of just thought that was really funny. And then, um, you know, I went into management consulting after grad school and, you know, I had always like imagined a career in the sciences. Um, And I I did go and do um, like my first contract was working with healthcare.gov on the Affordable Care Act. So um, it very much was like still in line with kind of healthcare life sciences type of stuff. But, you know, I was kind of like forced to go into consulting because of, you know, it was, I I wasn't going to go to more school. You know, I could have gone to med school or gone on and, you know, done a PhD um, or done just like a lot more research. But I was like, oh my God, like I have so many student loans. I have no money. If I can land a gig in consulting, like I'm golden, right? That, so I was, you know, Forced to kind of um, move in that trajectory, and like you know, luckily I wasn't trying to find a job like right in the middle of the financial crisis. But you know, I was in school, and you know, when I finished school in, in 2011, I went to grad school because it was like I couldn't find a job. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, um, which you know was maybe not the best like financial decision of my life. But um, you know, I'm glad I went to grad school. I very much enjoyed it, but I'm happy that I did it. But you know, so I was made my way to management consulting. Um, I did a lot of like government contracts, um, which I think is like really kind of what changed my outlook on everything. Where, um, you know, I was, I was very close to, um, you know. How the contracts work, how government spending worked. And I became like just very, very kind of disenchanted with, you know, uh, the US government and just how the federal government spend money. It was just like, it was just constant like seeing fraud, waste, and abuse, like misappropriation of funds. And I was just like, I cannot believe that this is happening. And, you know, that kind of like led me like simultaneously, I'm still spending all my time on Reddit and, you know, from Dogecoin, like I was like, oh, okay, like Bitcoin is like a real life, you know, digital currency. It's not just like fun and like shits and giggles. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, now I'm like reading about money and debt and reading how people are like forecasting what's going to happen with the economy and just like all of these people who are questioning the status quo in in our country. And I was like, holy shit, I became just super, super like disenchanted with what I was working on with my clients. And that kind of like really got me into Bitcoin. And and especially on Twitter, just like reading what people were writing. It's just like all this free knowledge and free information. I was learning so much. And so, you know, I just got extremely active on Twitter, I blocked like everyone at my company so they couldn't read what I was writing. And it was just like kind of snowballed from there. Um, and so, you know, I like went full time into Bitcoin and started working on it. And it's like something I've been like incredibly passionate about. And I think like, I'm not the only one who is seeing like the problem that Bitcoin solves now. Like we are living in an incredibly inflationary environment. And even people who I know who never pay attention to this stuff previously, like seeing like a 7% um, inflation rate is just like mind boggling. And so I I think people are starting to understand the value proposition of Bitcoin. And, you know, I mean, I know like sometimes like people think it's kind of ridiculous, like, oh, you're working on games. You know, you have like a game with like, like a stupid cat in it. But like, I think, you know, we're just like starting at the beginning, like introducing people to Bitcoin in a fun, easy and accessible way, which like never happens in traditional finance. Like I never in in high school ever had a personal finance class ever. So, um, you know, and then, you know, going to school was like, everything was, you know for finance majors like so i was like I, I never really learned any of that stuff or about these things so i think like we're like even doing more than like people have received with like more traditional finance like we're like starting at the very the very beginning making it super easy and accessible and i think like we're kind of like the very very opening of the rabbit hole for people and like i'm extremely excited to do that and i think we'll just like have much wider reach where we have like, you know, younger people playing our games and, um, you know, people in emerging markets playing our games, whereas, you know, people otherwise couldn't access, like access some of, um, you know, these type of like introductions to Bitcoin and to just like traditional finance. So I think that's like something that interesting and has kind of like led me from like, oh, you know, I still have science, but it's like, you know, my path like really confuses people. Like when they look at my LinkedIn, um, I always like cringe when I'm like, "Oh God, someone looked at my LinkedIn. They must be like so confused." But yeah, that's like kind of been my journey to Bitcoin.
0: I know what you mean. You know, it's like once you go down, once you start, because it's so fascinating, right? Because I think what Bitcoin does is it, and you you mentioned that, you know, Bitcoin really involves so much of you know the history of uh, you know, economics, politics, you know, finance, social equity. It just Brings everything together, right? So then, when you start researching it, and especially when you have a community to talk about it with, like you did, um, I could see how that could just be, yeah, like you know, it changes your worldview. And like you mentioned, like this stuff is real. Like you know, we we're, we're experiencing some inflation here. Um, what are the ramifications of that, right? So, what does it mean to be living in a in a high inflation time? And you know, what does that mean for the, the middle class family? You know, you know, in terms of seeing slow wage growth? And I'm going on a on a tangent myself here, but everything you speak to. You know, I, I can de- definitely see why you would go from, you know, from one industry to another. With that being said, right, like, so you decided to change paths. What was that first step from the government, right, where you saw, you know, an opportunity to then really start chasing that new kind of passion, that new uh, interest that you had in Bitcoin? What were your first projects that you were involved with as a Bitcoiner? Let's say.
1: You know, I think um, one of the, I mean, very, very first ones, I had a fellowship actually with um, an organization called Women for Women International, which thinks a lot about, um, you know, empowering women in in post-conflict societies. And, you know, this was way back when, when people were, I mean, blockchain is like a thing that people are saying again now and like really excited about, but I think it was like 2017, maybe it was really hype up. Um, and so, you know, they wanted to explore like blockchain in a meaningful way and not just like throw a bunch of resources. So um, they brought me on to kind of like in a exploratory or, you know, figure out like how this could work for um, their er- organization uh, because, you know, they were having so many people being like, oh, do this on the blockchain or, oh, um you know, use these different assets and blah, blah, blah. So like I went in and, you know, having a consulting background was more of just like a con- consulting project, but it was, like, really interesting to, like, come through and understand their organization and, like, kind of their technical infrastructure. And, you know, really, it boiled down. And I've, like, I mean, I've always kind of been a Bitcoiner, but, you know, I I can see why other folks would be interested in other blockchains or currencies or whatnot. And, you know, it was very, like, one of the very first times where I was like, oh, okay, like, really... I kind of proved to myself through like doing like a full like kind of research analysis and like recommendation for them that like really Bitcoin was like the biggest value add for them. And, you know, like, I mean, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that you wanted me to tell you that like every single one of these blockchains and like is going to save the world and you can like issue food to people on the blockchain. And I was like, I, this is all just like so much kind of vaporware. And like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the, the real, kind of potential lies in just a, in sound money um, and sound money where it's like, for instance, these women were like, you know, sometimes in, um, you know, it was like post-conflict, like I said, post-conflict. So their husbands, you know, may have died in war, so they couldn't actually have access to a bank account or their own, you know, they couldn't like actually harbor their own financial freedom. So it was like, you know, my recommendation was like, okay, like they have smartphones, like that's the one thing they do have, like they can't be banked where they're living. But like, if you give them Bitcoin, that's a way for them to, you know, reach financial freedom. And obviously, that was like, 2017, 2018. So it was like, still very early, like, obviously not You know, there weren't these like tiny little Bitcoin economies um, creeping up like there are now, but you know, that was like one of my biggest recommendations, and it all really stemmed around Bitcoin. So I was like, okay, that was my first, oh wow, like proving to myself that, like, okay, this isn't just like, you know, I'm not just going with the grain and like reading on Twitter and being like, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist or whatever that is. But um, I was like, okay, like Bitcoin is like very much solving. a problem that needs solved rather than just like creating a solution that no one wants. And so that was my first like real, like little project. And then I went and worked at Lightning Labs. You know, I was just super active in the community when it's introduced to the CEO um, and went and was there for three and a half years. So, but back then there was like barely, (laughs) barely any Bitcoin companies. So like now it's just crazy. Like we really need more people coming to the space to work.
0: Wow. Okay. Because I would imagine that it's flooded already, you know, but you're saying that they're actually, the developments maybe are so fast and there's so much work to do that you feel like there's more, more people are needed. That's, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, now is the perfect time to get into like working in Bitcoin. We're right now hiring uh, very aggressively for Unity developers, but like we'll be posting open job racks very soon, but like, you know, I like Voltage, I know, which is like a cloud hosted lightning node service. They are like hiring like crazy. I mean, I think as you're probably, most people are probably aware there's a lot of money Um, kind of flowing into the space in terms of like VCs and whatnot. Um, Not as much as you'll see for like NFT projects and whatnot, but there's a lot more VC funding um, flowing into the space. So all of these like small projects that just used to be like one or two people kind of, um, you know, hacking around and you know creating like a cool little proof of concept are now you know full-fledged companies and are venture backed by like you know legitimate venture capital um, companies so it's not like okay you know they're all very much looking for good developers but they're also um, you know really rounding out those teams so looking for people with finance operations marketing design so there's a, a website called bitcoinerjobs.co I believe and there's just like, so many jobs listed there it's just it now is 100 percent the time to like jump in if people are interested
0: awesome yeah and and coming from you you know somebody that that made that jump so that's good to know because you know uh and you mentioned the, the vc and everything and this is my perception you know because i'm i'm sort of into that nft space and you hear about all these investments going into into the nfts into you know um, ethereum and uh, different layer, layer one, people are creating their layer one uh, blockchains, they're investing into other layer twos. And it seems to me like Bitcoin has kind of been forgotten in, the, in, in that regard, not in terms of the value of Bitcoin, like that's news every day, like, oh, what's the price of Bitcoin? Like, that's front and center. But it, it's kind of gone a little quiet in terms of the development underneath it, right? But from talking to you, you're saying, no, that that money's coming in, not to the extent that the NFTs are right now, because they're they're getting all the attention, but that development is happening.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, it would be great. It's always great if there's more money flowing in. Um, but I mean, I think it's also important it being smart and intentional money in terms of like my view in fundraising. It's like you want value add investors. And, you know, I think the money going into the NFT space and, you know, I'm not like one to like shit on NFTs like I, I totally see the value there. I get why people are doing that, but I mean if, if you just look at Jack Dorsey's tweets and how he's like calling out a lot of these venture capitalists in terms of like they're really just like investing in a lot of these projects so they can just make money on an asset that these companies are just printing, right? So I think it's a bubble that's going to burst. I mean, I know it's a bubble that's going to burst. And, you know, at the end of the day, there will be some amazing projects that stick and come out of it and are really, really strong. But right now, like you cannot see the signal through the noise um, in, those, um, in those markets. But, you know, I think that's how we see really great innovation. Um, it really always comes with a lot of fat. And I think that's fine. It will It'll get shaved off later down the line. But, um, you know, I am, I do think the Bitcoin um, industry is kind of benefiting from some of what's going on um, in the NFT, DeFi, all of that, those those spaces, because people, you know, are like, oh, okay, well, they're doing something cute like that on Bitcoin. And people, you kind know, of always underestimate Bitcoin, I think, because there's no, like, bitcoiners in general and just like bitcoin projects never overhype they don't like oversell there's usually something built before it's like marketed um and i think that's just something that's just like very culturally true to the bitcoin community and people who work on it and so i think it's just like a lot less flashy so it's um bitcoin just generally garners um less money but you know i, I the money's still coming in um and, and much more so than it has in the past so i'm happy about it um but i guess time will tell um how things shake out i mean the entire just even outside of you know cryptocurrency the entire um, kind of VC like fundraising environment is like incredibly scary to me because it's just, there's so much money. I, I don't know what's going to happen, um, but it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I'm a Bitcoiner. So like I'm constantly questioning and constantly doubting I'm somewhat of a pessimist. So I'm like, why is there so much money? Like, you know, why are people investing in projects um, that, you know, really have nothing built no team like why are people buying loot boxes who that there's no game for i i I can't explain any of it i really can't but um yeah i think i think it's interesting but i just i just hope the money keeps coming to the bitcoin community because there's just so many amazing projects so many amazing builders i was so incredibly blessed With my role at lightning labs to see what people were building and and get to kind of have a very high level view of that and there's just so much good going on and i really hope that um those projects keep getting um, exposure and keep getting funding
0: one of those new developments right you talked about it before there's a lot of chatter about the lightning network and and bitcoin and its role you know its incorporation into the lightning network Why is the development of the the Lightning Network so critical to, I don't say the the development of Bitcoin, but the adoption of Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a really great question. And that all goes back to, in my opinion, like the scalability piece. You know, obviously, Bitcoin hasn't been changed to be faster or to be cheaper because with every decision, there's a trade-off, but Bitcoin is incredibly secure and There are, you know, trade-offs to being what Bitcoin is. So that's, you know, it is slow. The transaction fees sometimes can be high. Um, And so to solve those problems rather than change Bitcoin, um, you know, the Lightning Network was, was established. And there's some really amazing things that came out of that, like microtransactions. So you can have like a transaction for a thousandth of a penny happen instantly for like practically free which is incredible. Um, You know, sometimes in our community, there's um, a bunch of people who get really excited about winning one Satoshi. So remember, one Satoshi is one 100th millionth of a Bitcoin. It is such a small amount of money, but people love it. And, you know, after an esports tournament, if it's like really been a good tournament, like we just send one sat to everybody. And there's this like group of people who call themselves like the one sat gang. And it's just like this, this badge of honor. So you're it's, like 2000 people in our telegram group. I can send them all one Satoshi instantly at once for like practically free. The microtransactions are like an amazing use case for things like podcasting or video casting. So um, which you should check out. Um, there's a few things like um, Sphinx Chat, Breeze and Fountain.fm they all do streaming um, for Bitcoin. So you can go to those platforms and there's a bunch of podcasts. That's where I listen to my podcasts and, you know, I can listen and I can just tip like instantly, just press a button and the person gets and the podcaster gets tipped. And then there's other people who do it different ways where it's like, okay, like, uh, you know, it's an hour long podcast. Maybe you only want to listen to like you know, 15 minutes of it. So I pay like 15 sats, which is still so small, but at least the creator is earning something. And like, I now listen to all of my podcasts on those platforms because like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to spend like $20 a month, like paying for something on Patreon, but like, you know, I'll pay a Satoshi per minute to listen to a podcast. Um, And that's, that's just like actually not possible with fiat currency. Because you can't, one, send money in denominations lower than a cent. You can't even send a a cent to someone. Like, that's, you can't do that. Um, The fees are too high on, um, you know, really any credit card network. So I think like microtransactions opens up a like huge, huge kind of opportunity for new use cases like that. Like, someone actually just today announced um, they are doing crowd um, funding with the lightning network. So instead of having like a, like whatever minimum, um, you have on most crowdfunding websites, like now people can just like pay, you know, one Satoshi or whatever. And it's a small amount, but like you kind of like open the aperture for, you know, who can contribute and who can participate because, you know, like $10 for someone in Venezuela is like quite a bit of money. But, you know, a couple of Satoshis like allows people to like participate in things like, you know, different crowdfunding campaigns and different things like that. Um, So I think there's like the microtransactions for me is like one of the biggest things that the Lightning Network makes possible. But insanely cheap fees is also not bad. We actually need to um, publish what our average um, transaction fee is. It's just like, it's usually just it's ridiculously small. It's like, we'll totally wipe out, um, you know, any credit card processor in the future, um, because it's like practically free compared to like whatever, you know, visa charges. So, um, you know, I think there's that there's also just like how instantaneous it is. It just like happens immediately. So I'm not like, if you haven't, like, I'm sure you've tried to like cash out from, Thunder Bay or any of our games to a wallet. And it just happens like really almost instantly. I don't know if you're cashing out to Wallet of Satoshi or what, but it just like happens so incredibly quickly. And it's like actually going to you. It's not just like moving numbers in a database like you would see in like, you know, most other kind of scenarios with traditional finance. It's like you, the money is actually transferred. To you, I think that's like you know for me is another really big thing is like actually being self sovereign and like owning my own money. I was talking to someone the other day that was like you know I went to the bank account the bank to get out a thousand dollars from the ATM to pay something and um, she was like there was a. I had a $250 limit and she's like, I had to go to like eight ATMs before I could like take everything out that I needed. And it's like, you do not own your money. You absolutely do not own your money. The bank owns your money. And like what happens, like, I don't ever remember having a $250 limit. Like Zell has a limit. Like why, like, please tell me why, like, someone else can tell me how I spend my money. And it's those limits are just going to keep getting lower and lower and lower and lower. And then what happens one day when like, you can't take your money out, which is like, absolutely frightening to me. And so I I don't mean to be like the (laughs) total like, shock factor here. But like, that's just like another component of like, I mean, that's just gen- Bitcoin in general, not necessarily specific to the Lightning Network. But I think, you know, the Lightning Network just makes it all more accessible um, because like anybody can, you know, participate, like anybody can have like a few Satoshis. You don't have to have, you know, an entire Bitcoin to participate. You can have a few Satoshis, send a few Satoshis. And, um, you know, I think that's that's really powerful and that's something that you you can't have without the lightning network and that's something you absolutely can't have you know in the traditional fiat system
0: you're right you talk about dogecoin never underestimate the power of a crowd right so like one satoshi two satoshis here and there but now you're talking about a crowd of people that are really into or involved with the creator and and that that can add up pretty quickly
1: yeah there's a really cool browser extension called lolly like L O. LLI. And I've been using Lolly for a while, especially with my house renovations. And it's like, I will get Bitcoin back for buying a toilet. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, I just, it's just a browser extension. And when I like open that route, like when I open my Lolly account, I'm always just like shocked when I then see the USD um, amount because I've been using Lolly for years and now it's like, holy crap. Now, you know, Bitcoin's not so much anymore, but it was like $60,000. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is just what I'm earning from, you know, just small, tiny little things that I would have bought anyways. And that's why I like stress with people, especially playing our games is just like, you're not going to probably earn enough in a day to like go out to like our fancy ass dinner. But like, it's just supposed to be fun for a little bit and you're earning a little bit of rewards. But over time, like that amount, accumulates pretty quickly. And then when um, the price of Bitcoin goes up, like you have a a nice little stash there. So, you know, I think you're totally right about like, just like kind of the power of just keeping on, like in our community, we say stack sats. Like you just keep stacking your sats, stacking your sats. And then eventually, you know, it really um, adds up.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to hit one part and then I want to get into Thunder Games because you and I want to I want I want you to just maybe share experience. I saw somewhere. Did you go to El Salvador? Yes. Yeah. You know, because El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as, as an official currency. What was your experience there? What was your role there? Kind of seeing how this kind of town in, in El Salvador uh, had adopted Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't really personally comment on the. Yeah, like I'm not, I, I'm not a, I wasn't a political science major. I am not good at those things. Like I was just like a regular science major, <laughs> but um, you know, so I am also not an El Salvadorian citizen. So like, it's hard for me to, um, you know, make comments about, you know, whatever, like their political environment that's going on right now. But like, in terms of just like what's going on with Bitcoin separately, I think, you know, it, Going there. I I went to go to um the adopting Bitcoin conference and I um spoke on a panel there um actually about content creators and Bitcoin. But um I, I was just blown away to see the the Bitcoin adoption there. Um and you know it all started as in El Zante, which is this like cute little beach town, but also like absolutely gorgeous beach town. Um, where, um, you know, some folks went down there and, um, you know, they introduced everyone there to Bitcoin and um, helped the merchants on board to Bitcoin. So like, you can go there, you can buy everything with Bitcoin. You know, I bought jewelry, you know, I got surfing lessons and all using Bitcoin. So, you know, some folks like, spent some time down there um, teaching the community about Bitcoin and, and help them get set up and, and, you know, totally helped um, set up the, the um, Bitcoin infrastructure. And, um, you know, it obviously kind of snowballed and evolved to, you know, it becoming a um, national currency, um, which is absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I mean, I went, it was just phenomenal to see how excited um the people in El Salvador were about Bitcoin. And you know, it is really you know, I was just in San Salvador and El Zante and, you know, El Zante was really the furthest along with Bitcoin adoption. And there has been some like kind of ups and downs with kind of the national rollout and um how that's kind of been executed. But um, you know, people generally were very, very positive about it. And, you know, you can go to McDonald's and, um, buy a Big Mac with, with Bitcoin, which is like absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I think it's still very much like early days of an experiment. Um, but you know, I think the people there, um, like regardless of, you know, the government and whatnot, but the people, the El Salvadorians, like, I think a lot of them are like really kind of, really excited about Bitcoin and and understand um, the value proposition and are excited to adopt it and excited to use it. Um, So, you know, again, it's it's very early on. And, you know, I think it's, you know, it'll just continue to improve there. But I was like massively impressed by, you know, the adoption and, you know, the like level of understanding and excitement around Bitcoin as a currency there.
0: Thank you for sharing that, uh, Desiree. Let's get into Thunder Games again. You know, some more. So right now you have uh, three games on the platform, correct? They're all kind of they're different. They're all different. I mean, if you don't if you don't mind my, you know, you can go into each one. But the main kind of purpose is here. You people can entertain themselves. They have, uh, you know, they can kind of distract themselves with, you know, the potential to earn sats. Uh, and then if you could talk about that within the context of you know, your idea, using Thunder Games within your idea. And I say it's your idea because I, you said something interesting, that you see gaming as the next social network. Um, you said that at one of the interviews. So it's kind of a long-winded question about what you currently have at Thunder Games and using those pla- that platform, those games, as you see it as the next social network, if you can talk about that whole
1: yeah. So, I mean, I guess to start with like the simple stuff, um, we do have three games. Um, we have uh, the first one was Bitcoin Bounce, which is an endless platformer where you just kind of like bounce along these little platforms. Uh, it's super fun. I find it like anxiety-inducing because like I'm more of like an idle clicker, like mindless type of games. But it is it is very well done. Very. We did a um a collaboration with Midwest Tungsten um to get like the tungsten cube in there as an avatar and did a whole esports tournament around that. Um. So people have a lot of fun with that one. And then we have Turbo eighty four, which is like kind of like Miami Vice style. I, again, another. Another endless runner where you're like a car and you're kind of like going like dodging platforms and like your, your speed increases over time um and so that one's like got really cool like vaporwave type vibes and like a, a really good soundtrack and then um we just recently came out with thunder bay which is a match three bubble shooter so similar to like the candy crush style um where you kind of Follow this little cat named Spark who loves to drink some like tropical cocktails, and you um, join him on his journey um, through like these tropical islands. Yeah, you just shoot these like little bubble creatures, and it's I, that I love that one. I think it's just like absolutely adorable. Um, and we released that in December, and people. Absolutely loved it, clamored around the characters and, you know, we have all these like really fun memes coming out of the community. So that one's been a ton of fun. Um, And we have like a bunch of really fun games um, kind of in the pipeline. And, you know, we've the community has been begging for some retro games with um, Bitcoin Integrated into them. So, those are some fun stuff, some fun things that we're working on. But, um, you know, we're really focused on kind of building really world class games um, that have Bitcoin in them rather than just like creating games for the sake of having Bitcoin in them. Um, So, it's like we want our games to be fun regardless if you're winning Bitcoin or not. And I think we've done a really great job at that and we've built the team to ensure that's the product that we're we're building. So um everyone on the team, pretty much besides myself, um, were game developers or in like the traditional gaming industry, um, and you know, have become interested in Bitcoin thereafter rather than it being a bunch of Bitcoiners who are building games, which I don't think you're ever gonna get, no offense. My fellow Bitcoiners, but I don't think you're going to get like super high quality games that way. So um, that's like a little bit about um, you know our portfolio so far. Um, again, we're like very kind of early. Like the full team just kind of came together in October. So uh, definitely be expecting um, a bunch more games over the next few months, and then for forever. And then um, in terms of like the social network comment um yeah that's something that i think will happen and is already happening um you know seeing games obviously like fortnite and just like seeing how these like young generations kind of interact with their teams where rather than like spending time on like you know, like AIM, like back in the day, just like chatting away, people are actually like, you know, coming home from school and interacting with each other in these games like Fortnite. And I think we saw that um, really kind of that the the pace of games becoming social platforms that uh, the pace really picked up, obviously, during the pandemic. And we saw, you know, among us, um, really take off and people um really kind of interacting and hanging out in um in among us and then um really just in most virtual spaces like a way, actually how I met Jack, a co-founder um for the first time was in Vr chat or Al- alt space or whatever it's called with like my oculus, so like we hadn't met in t- like real life ever until like a couple of months ago, which is crazy and then similarly there's just like all of these social components being added into these games. So I think it's just really inevitable. Um, You know, when the pandemic was going on, my team um, at Lightning Labs, we um, would do some of our like water coolers or like kind of just like casual hangouts in Animal Crossing. When the new Animal Crossing came out, we like go to each other's islands and like hang out in the game. So I think, you know, as we continue to kind of live more, in virtual worlds, I think it's just going to like, kind of happen more naturally. And I think, you know, the gaming industry is like really pushing that as well um, because people will obviously spend more time in games if that's where their social networks are kind of popping up. So you're seeing a lot more mobile gaming is something that um, I am very passionate about. And, um, you know, it's something we're thinking of, a lot about at Thunder games because I think once you are your social network is in kind of your gaming network um and all of your value transfer your like all of your transactions um become virtual as well like you can really have like a very unified experience in game um and you know with like bitcoin and these microtransactions you think about okay I'm, I'm winning bitcoin in game well now I can buy in game assets like now there's like these complete like circular, like mini circular economies in these games um, and between games. And so, I mean, then we start like kind of, you know, getting very close to what my idea of like a a metaverse kind of looks like for lack of better term right now. But, uh, you know, I think it will be like a very, very nice um, place where like people do all of their social interactions, and that like is like person to person and like monetary transactions as well. So I think there's a ton of potential when we kind of reach that um, kind of that point of really everything kind of happening in game, like even work. When I mean, look at Axie Infinity; that's really just become um, work in a virtual or a, a gamified setting, which I think is interesting.
0: 100 percent, you know when you when you have an economy when you're throwing in a currency in there that's when stuff gets you know legitimized right like you know oh there's money involved so and i, I mean that in a good way like it takes on a, on a new role and, and it's funny when you when you say all those things the common thread there to me is what i'm taking away is community right so like socializing when you guys are saying animal crossing you guys are socializing together online you know when you were saying you're the reddit community that got you into bitcoin uh when you met uh, your co-founder you know on you know using the Oculus, that's just being being a member of of a community, right? And it's okay, it's okay that we're taking it to some extent out of the real world and into a, a metaverse, because you know it could be just as powerful.
1: I one hundred percent agree, and I think you know there are as far like you know I, there are places like I think NFTs can be really cool because I think like in terms of like self expression, and I mean I I used to play um, Second Life and it's just like oh my gosh like there's just so much potential with things like nfts and in games like that and sims and and whatnot so i mean i think like we will just like naturally evolve to um interact virtually but i mean i also and i said this like on my panel in ces i don't think well i personally don't think we'll ever live in a world where it's just like it's only virtual interactions like humans are humans um and you know being someone who has studied science and like primate behavior is um, you know, there is like something that's irreplaceable at least right now with current technology, with just like, you know, human interaction and the the like general human condition. So, but I do think like virtual reality and the metaverse will be like a nice thing to have a nice add on to like human interaction. So I'm, I'm kind of like in both camps and I think they can, can both, coexist very, very nicely.
0: You know, Desiree, I want to respect your time and and I just, I want to thank you so much again for joining me on the podcast. It's been wonderful. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to, you know, uh, leave off with? If not, that's okay. You've left us with a lot to think about.
1: I think... You know, I would love for people to, um, you know, just dive a little bit into Bitcoin. I think one of the great ways to to start is to, um, you know, like check out our games. Um, I'm super excited you're playing them and I hope you play the new ones when they come out. But um, people can check those out at thunder.gg. So that's T-H-N-D-R dot no vowels, pretty much. Um, And then, yeah, again, like I mentioned, like this is a great time to get into Bitcoin, like not only just like buy the dip, Um, uh, that is not financial advice, but um, also to just like, you know, start working in Bitcoin. It doesn't mean like, you know, you have to like ape in and like work full time in Bitcoin, but like you can contribute to some like really, really cool project. So, um, yeah. And if, you know, people are interested in where to start or, you know, need advice, like feel free to DM me on Twitter. It's just at Dickerson underscore Des. My DMs are open for better or for worse, but, um, you know, I keep them open because like there is like the, um, you know, off chance that like I can help someone um, get into Bitcoin or or kind of find their way. So it is worth all the trash DMs that I get. So use it wisely.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine. <laughs> so, you know, I've, <laughs> we won't get into that. But uh, yeah, Desiree Dickerson, uh, CEO and co founder of Thunder Games, thank you so much again. It was a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Desiree's commitment to see Bitcoin's potential to change marketplaces really comes through. And what an avenue she has taken to affect change through gaming. Whether you believe in crypto or not, one thing is certain. And it's that industry leaders like Desiree are hard at work looking to create a different, if not better, financial future. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let others know about it. We find our guests so interesting and knowledgeable, and I know others will too. Or leave a review or hit the follow button.